This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Guys, I have a lot that I want to say this morning, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to move. Um, and thank all you guys that are giving hearts and thumbs ups and, and, uh, and replying to each other and truly being the church community. What, a, what an awesome opportunity that is. Um, guys, what a, what a crazy, unprecedented time that we're living in right now. Uh, you know, like I said last week, our kids keep saying, well, I've never seen anything like this. It's like something out of a movie. And Sean and I keep saying the same thing. It's, it's, it's the wildest thing that we've really ever seen. And I, I want to thank all of you for the... Um, for all the positive messages that you've sent this week in response to our Facebook video and things that Sean and I sent out early in the week and the emails and things like that, thank you for your understanding. Um, this, uh, you know, initially, uh, earlier in the week, this was not an easy decision to meet and do church online. Um, it was not something that was taken lightly. And let me say, it was not done out of fear at all. We could have easily continued on and we could have had church as normal, uh, but we simply didn't have a piece about that. And after getting together and talking, after prayer, after counsel, even with other faith-filled pastors, um, we felt that this was the right thing to do and, and to submit to what our, governor, our government is, is asking of us uh, right now during this time. And I, I just, like I say, I've got several things I want to say about this before I jump into the message, but I want to express, guys, our vision hasn't changed. Our vision is the same. It's to make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. And we do that through community, through discipleship, and through outreach. And we're still doing it. Our methods have temporarily changed. We're live streaming our service. Our, it's great to see um, Natty. I think you're online. What a great job you did bringing a, bringing a devotional to the youth last Wednesday night. Um, our prayer team, uh, yeah, I heard the prayer team uh, on, on a conference call still praying this morning. Like Shauna said, our Harvest Kids have posted a video with their lesson for today. Um, um, things just look a little different right now, and it's okay. We are still the church. We are learning to not go to church, but to be the church, and I, I think it's a great opportunity for us to learn and to stretch ourselves. Remember, don't allow yourselves to give in to the panic and fear that's gripping so many people today. Fear has no place in the believer. Fear is a lack of trust and faith in God, and God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And guess what? We serve the prince of peace. Not the prince of fear, but the prince of peace. We serve a great God. I just a couple scriptures I saw this week. Jeremiah 10:6. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. First Chronicles 29:11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Guys, I believe that God is moving in a mighty way right now. And I believe we would be wowed if we could see what he was doing behind the scenes, working all things together for the good. Let me say, don't let the enemy play mind games with you right now. The church is not weak. The church is rising in strength. Just look at your Facebook feed. Disregard all the people who are panicking and look at how the church is rising up and innovating like never before and being the church, even just on social media. It's amazing how people are reaching out and posting scriptures and posting, posting messages and, and all kinds of different things. The church is learning new ways to be the church, and I think that's incredible. Uh, as I said last week, don't close yourself off from others. Reach out. Uh, make some phone calls. Check on friends. Maybe you can even check on some family members. Uh, 
visit with some family and neighbors, whatever it may be. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Continue to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Let's be the church. Turn off the continual news programs. Feed your faith, not your fear. Something Max Licato said. He said, if you'll feed your faith, you'll starve your fear. We have got to feed our faith. Where does our faith come from? Faith comes from hearing, by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We need to dig into the Word like never before. We need to get it down deep. We need to know what it says and who it says we are. We need to feed our faith. And most of all, I pray that this time um, drives the church to its knees like never before. It's a time for the the church to begin to lift up their voices and pray and lift up our nation, our government, government and and especially the church during this time. Um, trust me, I, I believe this is an exciting time for the church, and I believe that we will look back and we will tell of the great things that God did during this season uh, when this is all said and done. So all that to say, we are here to serve you. And we still want you to reach out to us. I thank you all who are still posting like crazy on Facebook, putting up positive messages. I thank you for that. We still want you to submit your prayer requests. Just put them on up or send them through a private message to the church Facebook page. And, uh, and we'll definitely be in prayer for you guys. And um, thank you for gathering your families together. Taking this time not to watch uh, church, but to do church, to be church this morning. And uh, we definitely thank you uh, for that. And uh, thank you for worshiping with us and getting into God's word together. So, so guys, we are going to jump on in. We are on part seven of the story. And if some of you, if this is your first time joining in on a, on a service, <laughs> sorry, not being here, joining in on a service at Harvest, we thank you so much for doing so. You may be watching this live. You may be watching later. But uh, we are in the seventh week of a series that we are calling The Story. We are covering the Bible from cover to cover. And our children, our students, our young adults, our adults, everybody is following along together and doing this series together. And uh, as Shauna said, I thank everybody who's, who's uh, been posting pictures and our harvest meals together. And it is definitely an encouragement, guys, especially during this season. Keep posting the pictures. We need to see life going on as usual in our families. So next up in the story, um, how many of you, give, give me a thumbs up on Facebook if you have read chapter seven of the story. Who's done it? Let me give my thumbs up. There we go. There they go. All right. Okay. I am so proud of you guys for reading chapter seven and being caught up. And uh, if, you, if you haven't, that's all right. Uh, just uh, catch up here. Maybe this afternoon you get a chance to read it. But next up in the story is the book of Joshua. And guys, I feel like the book of Joshua is one of, it may be one of the most exciting books of the Bible. There is, if you're one that likes action, the book of Joshua is a book of action. If you like action movies, you need to read the book of Joshua. It's got a lot in there. It's encouraging. And the thing about Joshua is that it teaches us that our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. I, I, that's, I, I don't know of a better message right now in our nation than our best days are ahead of us. The children of Israel had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, but now that time had come to an end. And their best days were ahead. And, you know, maybe you're at home and maybe you find yourself in the wilderness. Maybe you find yourself walking in circles and this message is for you. But Joshua introduces us to a seven-year period where the children of Israel had been brought out of the wilderness and they're being brought into the promised land. And let me tell you, for seven years, they absolutely dominate. They are unstoppable. And they, we know that they defeat over 30 kings. We know that they engage in and win over 20 battles. And they reclaim an inheritance of over 10,000 square miles of land. 
seven years of just unbridled success. We know that they were, they were outnumbered, but they were never overpowered. We know that they, weren't, they, were, they were under-equipped, but they were never overwhelmed. We know that they conquered some of the most barbaric armies known in the history of the world. But for seven years, the Hebrew people were unstoppable. Now, we know that this had not always been the case. Uh, the Bible doesn't try to sugarcoat um, some of the rough times that, that uh, the children of Israel went through. It's starting back with uh, the father of Israel, Father Abraham. We know he made some mistakes along the way. We know that Jacob told lies. We know that Esau sold his birthright. We know that Joseph's brother sold him into slavery. We know that they came into 400 years of slavery after that, the children of Israel did. We know that they spent 40 years in the wilderness. We know that a little ways down the line, they would spend 70 years in Babylonian captivity. We know the Hebrews built two temples that they both, they lost both of them. They were given the Ark of the Covenant and nobody knows where that is to this day. They did not always get things right and things did not always go well for them. But these seven years, I think when I started this series, I talked about the glory days. These seven years would be some of the glory days of, uh, of Israel. So as we're jumping in, it was around 1400 BC after Israel had been in the wilderness for 40 years that God speaks to Moses. Actually, he doesn't speak to Moses. He speaks to Moses' successor, who was Joshua. And the good thing with Joshua is that Joshua listens. And because he listens and because he obeys, we know that the Jordan River splits we know that the walls of Jericho fell. We know that the sun stood still. We know that 31 kings were defeated because Joshua listened and obeyed the word of the Lord. Hope fills the people, fills God's people. And God had promised to build a great nation through whom the Messiah would eventually come. And I think really, in my opinion, for the first time in the book of Joshua, the children of Israel are beginning to look like that great nation. People, other nations are trembling in fear uh, because of the children of Israel. Now, up to this point, they were just Bedouin shepherds. As I talked about, there's a lot of action in the book of Joshua, but, um, but these aren't, they weren't soldiers. These are Bedouin shepherds, and now they're coming into their inheritance. And here's the thing. I, I was reading just this morning in my daily reading how they were inheriting land that they hadn't cultivated. They inherited houses that they hadn't built. They inherited vineyards and they inherited cattle and all kinds of things that were not even theirs. Talk about a time of success and, and hope. Everything was going so well for them. And actually, we're going to read first from Joshua chapter 21. So if you have your Bible, you can do that. By the way, I did put the notes on version. So if you want to go to the Bible app and go to events, you might have to search just a little bit. You might have to search for Church of the Harvest or put in our zip code 38654 to find it. But you can follow along the notes on the version Bible app if you're not using your phone for the live stream. But in Joshua chapter 21, verses 43 through 44. 45. Guys, this is awesome. Let's read this. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. And the Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them, and the Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. And get this, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. And these last four words, it says, and all came to pass. Guys, the Lord gave them the land, says he gave them rest. 
Not one of their enemies stood against them. It all came to pass. This was a new season for the children of Israel. It was a fresh start. I mean, how many of us have ever needed a fresh start, a new season in life? We all have at different points. So the book of Joshua, while it is um, while it is a book of history, it also reveals to us the mind and the ways of God. Because really, to me, one of the biggest takeaways from the book of Joshua is that God will give you a new season. How many of us are ready for a new season? I've, I've seen people post on Facebook, are ready, ready to do a redo of 2020. Guys, a new season is coming. God will give you a new season. He will take you out of the wilderness, and he will walk you into your promised land. And the lesson of the book of Joshua is that we don't do that. We don't take the land by conquering it. We take it by receiving it as our inheritance. And I've got three points to follow up with that that I want you to follow along with. Point number one. The book of Joshua is a book of inheritance. As I said, it's got a lot of action. You could say it's a book of military conquest. In reality, it's a book of inheritance. Joshua may be considered a book of military conquest, but look, Joshua was never told to go conquer the land. He was never told to go take the land. Joshua was told to receive the land. He was simply told to receive it. The word inheritance shows up in the book of Joshua 51 times. It is the major theme. You don't take your inheritance when you get it. You receive your inheritance. You live out of your inheritance. You receive what God has given you. Look at it if we go down to um, Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24 verse 28. It says, so Joshua let the people depart each to his own, what? inheritance. These people, after they did, the Lord used them to conquer these, these, these armies, these uh, other nations, but they didn't go home saying, look what we did. They didn't go home boasting about what they had accomplished. Instead, I believe they went home saying, finally, we have received the inheritance that God has promised. Look at, um, at Joshua, and just back to Joshua chapter 1, verse quick in verse 2. I think I read this last week. He says, God says, arise, go over this Jordan. This is God speaking to Joshua. Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them. This was not a land that they had to conquer or earn or purchase. He said, go to the land that I am giving you. Guys, the transaction had already happened. Joshua wasn't, take, wasn't sent to take the land. He was sent to receive the land. There would be battles. There was a lot of battles, but victory was certain because victory was God's. The Hebrews had a new land simply because God had promised it to them hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. They didn't get the land because they conquered it. They took the land. They received the land because God had promised it. In Joshua chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, the next couple verses, it says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given you. As I, said, as I had said to Moses, for the wild, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. 
Guys, remember just one generation earlier, these one to three million people were slaves. And they had just spent 40 years as shepherds in the wilderness. They were no military force, but now they were living out of their inheritance. The book of Joshua is a book of inheritance. I keep seeing messages, a few people are saying there is music playing in the background. Any idea? Okay. Nobody else can hear it? All right. So number one, the book of Joshua is a book of inheritance. Number two, you must choose whether you will live out of your inheritance or out of your circumstance. Guys, what a word that is for right now in this season that we're living in. You have to choose whether you will live out of your inheritance or out of your circumstance. Guys, you are an heir to God's fortune. You have an inheritance in him. And we know that this was one of the common themes of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. He talked a lot about being heirs of God. What God said to the children of Israel, he says to us. He says, you have an inheritance. Let's look at something that, um, that, that Paul said in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. He says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation. Guys, it's talking about you. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, the, the Holy Spirit in that seal is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. What happened when you believed? What happened when you put your faith in Jesus? The Bible says that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, this word seal is the same term that's used to describe the seal that they would put on graves in the Old Testament. And it allowed people to know whether or not that grave was taken. Um, it would also allow them to know whether grave robbers had been there. And so it's the same word, it's the same description, and it says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. When the enemy tries to come after you, he sees the seal of the Holy Spirit on your heart, and he sees the name of Jesus written on it. That is your inheritance. We're not, we're not just servants of God. We're not just saints of God. The Bible says that we are sons and we are daughters of God. You have an inheritance. You sit at his table. Your name is in his book. His spirit is within you. The Holy Spirit has sealed you. And that is your inheritance. Look at a couple more from Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Isn't that good? Galatians 4, 7 says, so you are no longer a slave. We just sang this. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you a what? An heir. He's made you an heir. Guys, all debts have been settled. All judgments have been made. It's over. It's done. Jesus said it is finished. Look at this. One more right here. Romans chapter 8 verses 16 and 17 from the NIV, it says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, 
then we are heirs, heirs of God, and get this, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Guys, if we were distant heirs with Jesus, it would be the greatest news ever. But this says that we are co-heirs with Christ. You may or may not understand what that, what that means and the depth of it. It means that whatever Jesus receives, whatever Jesus has, whatever the Son of God receives, we receive. You receive. What does Jesus have? Well, Jesus has abundant joy. You have the same abundant joy. What does Jesus have? Jesus has love for all people. That same love is available to you to give to others. What does Jesus have? We know that Jesus walked in peace. That same peace is yours. What does Jesus have? He has healing. We have access to that same healing power that Jesus has. We are co-heirs with Christ. What he receives, we receive. And here's the thing. We have equal standing with Jesus by grace. So now, do you understand what happened when you believed? You were saved. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. You became a co-heir with Christ. You were put in equal standing with him. Whatever he receives, you receive. You have access to anything and everything that Jesus has access to. With that said, many would say, well, if I have the perfect peace of Christ, why am I not experiencing it right now? If I have his joy, why am I not experiencing it? If I have his healing, why am I not experiencing it? Many of us would agree that we have experienced that disconnect sometimes between what Jesus receives and what we receive. And I was thinking about why that is. And I'm going to just give you two things under this point real quick. I believe, number one, I believe that many Christians don't know about their inheritance. They just simply don't know or understand. They, they don't know that they are heirs with the, of the Prince of Peace. Some Christians have never been told, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Nobody may have ever told them that you are a son or a daughter of God. Many think the purpose of being a Christian is to simply stay out of hell. They think that when they get saved, they're just kind of getting all the dirt cleaned off, but nothing changes on the inside. Guys, we're, we're not changed from the outside in. We're changed from the inside out. It could be there's Christians out there that have never been told that when you believe that God reaches down into the deepest parts of you and makes you a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, changed from the inside out. Heaven and hell, very real, very real things and sometimes very good motivators, but we are to be dwelt in or indwelt by heaven from the moment that we receive Christ. Eternal life it doesn't start after we take our last breath. It starts the moment that we repent and we genuinely say yes to Jesus with our life. And this is what I've been talking about. This is the upper story. This is where our lower story begins to intertwine with that upper story. We say yes to Jesus and everything changes. God reclaims every part of you for himself. Every part. You carry the presence of God everywhere you go. But some Christians have never been told these things. It's never been made personal. Maybe it's been a scripture that they've just read before, but it's never been made personal in their life. The second issue is many Christians simply don't believe in our inheritance. 
Some just simply don't believe it. And, and I think this was the case with the children of Israel. The children of Israel, look, they, the children of Israel could have entered the, entered the promised land 40 years earlier than what we're reading right now. But instead, they had to wander in the wilderness. They could have gone in 40 years early, and it was their inheritance. It was theirs. It was promised. They could have gone in. Why didn't they? Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, I have given you, as I said to Moses. God's saying, like I said to Moses, I told you. Guys, this was 40 years earlier. God's saying, I told them, but, but, but they didn't believe me. But Joshua believed. Joshua moved into the promised land because he believed in the inheritance that God had promised. Now, does this mean that everything went as expected and went smoothly? Well, no, of course not. No, it didn't. From the very beginning, from the very beginning of the book of Joshua, encou- they encounter the Jordan River. He had to get a few million people through this river, they say, at, at its highest flood stage. The circumstance said, we can't enter the land because there's this river in the way. But Joshua knew that they were heirs to that land, that the land was theirs, and so he stepped out and put his feet in the water, and we know that the water parted and they crossed on dry land. The next thing they encountered very shortly thereafter was the heavily secure city of Jericho. And look, if you read the history of Jericho, Jericho was known for being absolutely ruthless. Jericho was known for being barbaric. Um, Actually, they were known for uh, offering child sacrifices. These were a barbaric people. So they've crossed the Jordan, but now the circumstance says we can't move forward because of this heavily fortified city between us and our land. But the inheritance was theirs and had been given to them by God, and they believed it. So they began to march around the walls, and they saw the walls fall. They experienced one miracle after another. The struggles were real, but they believed. They lived out of their inheritance, not out of their circumstances. Look what Moses said. If we go back, uh, go to Deuteronomy Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23, it says, But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the the land he promised on oath, he swore to our ancestors. Let me read it again. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. Guys, this applies to us. God will bring you out of a life of sin and shame in order that you can walk in a life of redemption and inheritance and freedom. God doesn't want us to get stuck in the wilderness like the children of Israel did. He brings us out so that he can bring us into all that he has for us. All we've got to do is step forward in faith, believing it and receiving it. So the first thing I mentioned is the book of Joshua is a book of inheritance. Secondly, you must choose whether you will live out of your inheritance or out of your circumstance. And then number three, you must choose to receive your inheritance. You must choose to receive your inheritance. Guys, we're in an uncertain time right now. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Things are changing day by day. 
Um, you don't know what issues are coming up this week in your own life. You can look at circumstances and problems, or you can look at what God has done for you. You can choose to live out of that circumstance. You can choose to live out of the inheritance. This doesn't mean that we go around pretending that life is always easy. It's not. But living out of your inheritance means that you can recognize that life is sometimes tough, but by faith we can believe that the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in us, and he's not going to allow anything to come our way and overtake us that he can't handle on our behalf. And that makes all the difference in the world. We have to change our mindset. I heard Max Lucado again, quoting him again, he told a story um, about uh, a gentleman who got home one evening and there was a knock at his door. And he answered the door and there's this guy, uh, there's this guy standing there and he introduces himself and says, are you Mr. So-and-so? And the guy says, yeah, that's me. And um, he said, I, I, I'm, I need to ask you a few questions. Um, he said, was your mother's name such and such? And he said, yes, that's my mother. that was my mother's name. He said, was she, was she born in England? He said, yep. Was she a teacher? He said, yes. What in the world is this, is this all about? And he said, I'm glad to have finally found you. I've been searching for you for a while. Um, he said, your mother had an uncle that uh, just recently passed away. And, um, and you are the sole surviving heir of his inheritance. And, uh, and God think, said, thought, wow, that's awesome. I've got an inheritance coming. But the gentleman says, I need to, I need to warn you. I, I, this is going to take you back. It's, it's quite large. And the guy's thinking, well, wow, that's awesome. He says, how, how large is it? And the man responds and he says, I actually can't tell you because I don't know. He said, your, your uncle, this uncle, uh, he, he owned a gold mine in South Africa. And that gold mine, uh, he said, they don't actually know how much is there, but they know that they'll be mining gold there for many, many years to come. He said, so as a small deposit on what you're currently owed, here's an advance check for $20 million. How many of you would say that's a good day right there? It's a good day. Here's the thing. That inheritance is tiny compared to the inheritance that awaits a child of God. It's tiny. It doesn't compare. Our inheritance is so great that we will spend all eternity, all eternity won't be long enough to receive the inheritance. And you don't have to wait until you get to heaven to begin receiving it. For the believer, for the believer... The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you right now. The same power that created the heavens and the earth is the same power that will help you defeat any problem that you're facing or will ever face. What we have to do is make the same decisions that Joshua made. So he's told to cross the Jordan River. There's a Jordan River in the way. But God said. Well, there's a Jericho in the way. But God said. There may be 30 evil kings in the way. But God said. Every problem that we can face in this life can be countered with God said. 
It's living out of your inheritance. As we read earlier, we have the deposit. Like that man had, we have the deposit, the seal of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he guarantees what God says in his word. He is the guarantee of it. So in your life, whatever it may be, the obstacle may be guilt or shame. Maybe it's what's standing in your way. So live out of your inheritance. Make a choice to stand on God's promises and don't let anything keep you from your promised land. So, so if it's guilt and shame, what did God say? Well, Romans 8:11 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Ephesians 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 from the New American Standard says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We've got to receive what God said. God said that his mercies are new every morning. When we feel shameful about our past, and hey, I'm sure whatever it is that you feel shameful about wasn't right, but... God is good, and he makes all things new. So begin to walk in your inheritance. Allow the past to stay in the past, and allow yourself to step into the future and to live out of your inheritance. Maybe for you, the obstacle, maybe the, your, your Jericho, maybe it's fear right now. Well, there are there's so many things to be worried about, and you can't keep up with them. And it may be keeping you awake at night and keeping you out of your promised land. Everything may be making you anxious and you can't seem to stop worrying. We've got to decide. We've got to make a choice to start living out of our inheritance and what God said. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Guys, we've got to speak to fear when it comes in. We speak to it. We say fear. You have no right in my life. I command you to go in Jesus' name. My hope is in the Lord. You confess these things and then begin to live out of your inheritance instead of your circumstances. You confess it. I'm a child of God. I'm known by God. He protects me. He provides for me in Jesus' name. You may be full of confusion. Maybe you don't know your identity. Maybe the goal of your existence right now is to live from paycheck to paycheck. And you've got to choose to begin living out of your inheritance. You've got to come to the understanding that you were created in the image of God. And as you submit to him, he will begin to change you day by day by day. Now you're beginning to believe your inheritance. Again, it doesn't mean that life is going to be free of struggles, but the good news is you'll begin to experience more victory than defeat as you begin to walk out your inheritance. And more and more you'll respond with, uh, instead of in fear, you'll respond with courage. You'll become a person of hope, not a person of despair. And here's a scripture I saw the other day, 1 John 4, 17. It reminded me of something Miss Velda said at the healing conference a couple weeks ago. In this world, we are like Jesus. And Miss Velda kept saying, we're to be a mini-me of Jesus, walking around like him. In this world, we are like Jesus. And guys, that's what a co-heir is. In this world, we are like Jesus. When we pray the Father listens just like he listens to Jesus. When we speak to the enemy and we tell him to flee, he has to flee just like he does when Jesus speaks. With all that said, I hope you understand what it means to be a co-heir with Christ. It means that we're not normal people. We're a peculiar people. 
if I can say it right. There's something different about us. When we walk into a room, Jesus walks in that room as well. That is our inheritance. We've got to stop listening to lies in our lives. We've got to say no to the negative voices. So with everything else going on in the world, whose report will you believe? Will you live out of circumstances or will you live out of the inheritance? Our inheritance says that the coronavirus is underfoot. Our inheritance says that fear is a defeated foe. Our inheritance says that healing is ours. Our inheritance says that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Our inheritance says that we are more than overcomers. Our inheritance says that we are co-heirs with Christ. Guys, God believes in you, and he has given you a great inheritance. We've got to begin to live out of that inheritance and begin to step in to our promised land. Amen? Amen. I get some amens online? Amen. Amen. Amen? All right. Let's all, I just want everybody just to bow their heads real quick. Wherever you're at, in your living room, your bedroom, wherever it may be, I want you to bow your heads. Guys, what great news. What great news that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we have a great inheritance in Christ Jesus. With that said, we always close our service giving people the opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Guys, you have to surrender your life to Jesus. You have to repent and surrender your life to Jesus in order to be an heir to the inheritance that God has. These are great things we have laid out in front of us. It's great to be a co-heir with Christ, but you can't be a co-heir with Christ if you haven't made him the Lord of your life. And so I'm going to ask right now, anybody who's watching, whether you're watching live, whether you're, um, whether you're watching later, right where you're at, you know if that's you and you need to make a change. As I always say, it's, it's not about a prayer you prayed when you were six at a vacation Bible school. It's about being willing to truly repent of your sins and say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I, I've messed this thing up along the way and I trust you to turn it all around. And in doing so, I surrender my life to you. I'm gonna do things your way. I'm gonna declare that you are Lord of my life. I'm gonna let you take control. I'm gonna let you lead and guide me from this point forward. I'm going to allow you to be my sacrificial lamb that died in my place, taking my sin and my guilt and my shame, taking it to the grave. If that's you and you're watching, I just encourage you to pray a prayer, something like this. And I, I encourage you, just pray it out loud. Just pray and say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. What an awesome gift you gave by sending your son to be my Lord and my Savior. I recognize that I've tried to live my life for myself way too long. I recognize that I'm lost in my sin. I'm full of guilt and full of shame. And I wanna lay that at your feet right now. I believe, Jesus, that you are who you say you are. I declare that you are the son of the living God. I believe that you came willingly, laying down your life, taking all that junk, taking even the judgment that I deserved, and dying with it and taking it to the grave. Jesus, today I declare that you are Lord of my life and I will follow you every day. I'm gonna listen for your voice. I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna obey.
Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me, that I can be everything you've called me to be. I'll follow you to the end. My life will never be the same. Thank you for making me a new creation in Christ Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you and you prayed that prayer and you've surrendered your life to Jesus today, I want you to send a message. If you can put a message on the Facebook feed, you can send a private message um, to, to Church of the Harvest through here. Send a private message and, and, uh, and let us know about the decision you made and, and, and let us talk to you a little bit and, and uh, give you some guidance and, and help you forward in that. For everybody else, guys, we're stepping forward day after day. We do not worry. We do not fear. We know that God is still on the throne. He hasn't fallen off. He hasn't had to resort to plan B. He hasn't wondered what's going to happen next. God's got this world, and he's got your life in his hands, and he's not going to let go. I encourage you to hang on tight as well, because things are crazy right now, but we can step forward in faith and in confidence, not self-confidence, but God-confidence, that our God is a good God, and he's got this thing under control, and we are praying and believing for an end to this crisis in our nation, and uh, looking forward to the day uh, coming soon that we'll be here in this room together and we'll be able to hug your neck and tell you that we love you. But for now, we do love you and I want to leave you with, um, with a short thing real quick and then Pastor Bob's going to come and, and uh, encourage you and, and send us out. But, uh, but again, we live in an uncertain time, but we serve a certain God. And somebody shared this scripture this week I thought was powerful and it's John 16, from the Message Bible. Listen to this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I have conquered the world. Guys, be unshakable, be assured, and be deeply at peace. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I want to invite Pastor Bob to come up. He's going to give us a short, encouraging word and, and send us out today. Thank you, Lord. What a great word for us. We have an inheritance. I hope you, uh, you need to share uh, the service today. Share and get the word out there because you're spreading the gospel every time you do that. You never know who will see it or watch it. But I just want to leave you uh, uh, just a short word of encouragement. You know, I had a very weird experience last night. Um, it's almost like you felt like you were in Twilight Zone. Ellen and I got out of the house and uh, went for a little drive, and I saw the parking lot of, of Walmart that was the lowest I've ever seen it before. And I told Ellen, I'm going to pull in here, because I knew they closed at 11 o'clock. It was just about 8.30, and uh, pulled in, went in, got my basket, and I was uh, looking to see if there was any meat in the place cleared out nothing, nothing there and, and just you know rows and rows of just empty shelves and and 
the workers there were quite helpful. Many of them were wearing masks and said, do you need help, sir? And uh, I said, well, what I'm looking for is not there. And, and uh, they were very helpful. Three or four of them came to me, and I thought, well, this is, this is really weird. Uh, just someone approaching you in a mask like that. It, it was just a weird sensation. And I have to say that I did say to myself a couple of times, Psalms 91. And that's my word of encouragement, Psalms 91. Get that on the inside of you. So I uh, was walking down the aisle, and finally, I guess it was a manager came up to me and said, Sir, uh, we are closed. And uh, I said, Well, you mean you, I thought you closed at 11 o'clock. Now, we changed to 8.30. So it was 9 o'clock when he tells me this. So they held open this checkout where I could uh, leave the place. But it's a weird time. What do we do? We, we keep our eyes on the Lord. Keep our eyes on Him. Remember that we do have an inheritance. Remember the promises of God. and We keep them close to us. If you're listening to news all the time, uh, you need to make sure you turn it off and get the good news. Get the Word of God. And, and take this advantage of this time. I believe this can be the greatest hour for the church. I really do that God can use this to get our priorities uh, back in order. What really matters uh, in our life. And, you know, it's more than just uh, uh, going to a movie theater or sports or you, know, you name it. You know, that's not available, connecting with your spouse or your family, or maybe you're by yourself, but you have a church family. You can call, you can connect, and I'm so thankful that we do have social media, that we can connect on Facebook, and that we can watch a service like this online. But let me say, uh, just read to you Psalms uh, 91, verse 1, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. And when you, and there's so much uh, through this, this teaching, but refuge means a place of safety and protection from all that surrounds you. It's a hiding place. It's a place of safety. And says, the Lord is our refuge. So we go to Him when it feels like circumstances and things are coming and surrounding you. Remember, you have a hiding place. You have a secret place. And He promised you protection. In fact, later on it says, from any plague or pestilence, it talks about uh, a thousand can fall at your side, but it will not come nigh you. So we're protected. And I got to thinking about storms in in closing that there's you know there's different types of storms and one of the storms we see in scripture is when Jonah disobeyed the Lord he was supposed to go to Nineveh and he disobeyed God and a, a storm came for his life and the well ate him and the way out of that storm was for him to repent and change his mind and say you're right God uh, those people do, do deserve uh, a chance to hear from you and repent and turn. And so 
that was the way out. But there was another storm where the disciples were, uh, Jesus been teaching. And he said, we're going to the other side. And the storm came up. And this storm, you remember they said, Jesus, do you care? But he, he got up and he rebuked the storm. And that this, when you say that, was a satanic, a spiritual storm. But then there's a storm that Paul went through where he was a prisoner. He was getting on the ship, and he discerned in his spirit he shouldn't go. And he said, this, is, this ship is going to fail. This is going to end in tragedy. Yet he was captive by everything that was surrounded him, and he was on this ship. What did he do? He prayed, and he heard from God. And his prayers, his intercession for those around him saved the unbelievers on that ship. And I believe that's where we're at today. We're in a storm of not of our own making. Really, our own nation. But it's not of our own making. How do we get out of the storm? We pray. We seek the Lord. We stay connected with each other and encourage and strengthen each other. But we pray for the unbeliever and for those that are in panic and and fearful, and we come with the answer. We come with hope, and we come with peace, and we come with love. Amen. Let's let's uh, let's pray, Lord. We just thank you for this day. We thank you for the service. Thank you so much, Lord, for the worship today, and and for the Word of God, the inheritance, Lord, that we have. And Lord, we receive and we partake. Lord, you said you make a table a feast in the presence of our enemies. That means while we're here on this earth that we can partake of the inheritance. And God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. And we do say, we do declare that you are our refuge and you are our fortress. And we choose not to fear. We choose not to fret. We choose not to be anxious. We choose not to worry but to put our trust in you, God Almighty, the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you. I was going to say go in the grace of God, but stay where you're at in the grace of God. We love you. In Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.